0: What are the most successful change leaders of today doing to deliver great results? Welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program is produced by the Institute for Transformational Leadership at Georgetown University. We'll explore the inner game of transformational leadership, sharing insights from renowned leaders and faculty from our world-class leadership and coaching programs. Now, from Georgetown University, here is Kate Ebner.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Inside Transformational Leadership. I'm Lynn Levis, and I'm guest hosting today for Kate Ebner. I'm the program director of the Institute for Transformational Leadership here at Georgetown University, and in this role, I'm really lucky to work with amazing faculty who bring to life ITL's transformational programs. One such faculty member is my featured guest today, Steve Heller. Steve has been the director of the coaching program since the beginning of this year and has been teaching in the program for six years. Playing a key role in its success and growth. In addition to running his own coaching and leadership development practice, Steve is also a guest lecturer and author. He's a member of the International Coach Federation, previously serving on the board of directors of the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. chapter, including a term as its president. As we talk this morning, I'll start by asking Steve to share a bit about his background and what brought him to the work of transformational coaching, but let me say that this is an hour intended to explore the Certificate in Leadership Coaching Program and learn how we're teaching these skills here at Georgetown. Steve, welcome to the show this morning, and I'm so excited that you're joining me.
2: Thanks, Lynn. I'm excited to be here.
1: So I'd like to jump right in and start by asking to hear more about you. Tell me about your background and how you became a coach.
2: Well, um, it's a bit of a long story. Let me see if I can (laughs) make it relatively brief. Um, I spent uh, about 33 years in what I now refer to as my first career, which was in the telecommunications industry and in uh, sales organizations within that industry. And in in the spring of 2004, I had this uh, very very interesting experience of being compelled one day to sort of step away from my desk and start thinking about what the future might hold for me. I, I think I was in a, in a role at the time that I had had um, twice before. So it was different players, but very, very similar role and responsibility. And I just found myself in the question of, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my working life or might there be something else? And um, that question led me to just doing some uh, what what we would call in the journaling in in the uh, coaching profession journaling. I didn't know the word at the time, but I was carrying around a little notebook and and just jotting down ideas about what is it that I'm attracted to do, you know, what what do people tell me I'm good at, what do I really enjoy, and um, that exploration led me to a suggestion from a colleague. You should get yourself a coach. So I began working with a coach um, on the question, on that very question. Is this what I'm going to continue to do or might there be something else? And a very interesting thing happened, which was in the course of that work, I found myself paying increasing attention to what he was doing and considering the possibility that that actually might be an answer to my question. So that's what led me to decide to check this out.
1: Right. So based on your experience with a coach, you were interested in, in pursuing that career yourself. Um, so I guess my follow-up question has to be, why Georgetown? What brought you to the Georgetown Leadership Coaching Program? Well,
2: it actually was pretty simple and not a very uh, <laughs> exhaustive process. In, in my, the course of my work with him, as as I began to think I wanted to learn more about this. Um, It was clear to me that if I were ever to do this kind of work, I'd want to have a legitimate credential. I'd want to have legitimate training. And so I started looking at training programs, and I didn't have to look very far. I I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and I was inclined to go to a program that was in person. And very quickly it came to my attention that one of the most highly regarded programs in the coach training world was right here at Georgetown and, frankly, I stopped looking at that point and I just applied.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about your experience in the program when you were a student?
2: Well, um, you know, so I, I went into it really out of curiosity about what this work really looks like and, you know, what are people who, who do this for a profession, uh, you know, what's it all about. And the experience that I had over the six months that I was in the program, this was in uh, 2005, was it had a, just had a tremendous impact on me. It just it shifted everything for me. And I will say by way of sort of um, segueing into, into the nature of our program, there's a tremendous amount of focus in the program on the development of oneself. And I think this, this experience... Possibly was the first time that I really did some serious work kind of looking inward. And um, I found it to be just a really, really powerful experience from which it felt like there was no turning back. (laughs) So somewhere during that six-month process, um, it it became really, really clear to me that this was indeed the answer to my question and that there was something quite different from what I had been doing for, for all of my working life up until then. Right. that came out of that, you know, that that look inside.
1: Well, that's something that, um, in my role as the Program Director for the Institute, I speak to, to students all the time, and that's something that I highlight as mm-hmm. uh, a difference between our program and other programs out there, really the the development and the, the look at oneself. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what makes our program different than, than other programs out there?
2: Well. I you know I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with many other programs, although I have I have um, attended some. Um, my, my my belief is that there are lots of different aspects of our approach to this that make us unique. So you know that central idea of um, self as instrument is kind of the phrase that we use for it. So when you're doing coaching work that is what you bring to the work is yourself. So therefore, there's the need to uh, be, in my belief, be in a, in a sort of constant state of development to be effective as a coach. Um, so that's, that's certainly one aspect of the design of the program is that, you know, in, in addition to the, the tools and skills and practice and, and um, techniques that you pick up in the actual doing of the work, there is this parallel course of of um, self-discovery and, and self-development that, that goes throughout the program. So that's one big piece of it. I think another thing that makes our program um, quite unique in the world of coach training is that, contrary to most, our approach is not built on um, a single, uh, you know, sort of teacher's philosophy. You know, people refer to it as a a Guru Less Program. We we quite intentionally from the very start, the founders of our program, and I can talk more about that, um, were were um, explicitly intentional about building a program that drew from the best of all kinds of different disciplines, of all kinds of different approaches to coach training, and um, and built a faculty that came from many many different backgrounds relative to their own training. And so it's this um, very eclectic sort of curriculum and a very eclectic approach to the presentation of all these tools and techniques and ideas that I referred to that I think is different from a lot of, a lot of competitive programs.
1: I would agree with you, but as we both admit, we have a bit of a bias, I think, <laughs> about this program. So. Um... I'll point out though that you you had used two two key phrases that I I wanted to underline. You had mentioned self as instrument, I mean really as as the angle with which the curriculum addresses the the student, and also when referring to the to the program itself and its curriculum, curriculum you pointed out that it's guruless. Uh, guru-less. So a few of those points what what comes to mind for me is that you you've really underscored how intentional the creation of the program is. I, th- I think you used the word intentional a couple of times. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to circle back to find out if you'd be willing to, to share a little more about that founding story. I mean, it sounds like there's so much work that has gone in to bring the program to where it is. I mean, as we, we had talked initially, there's, there's 15 years of, of experience there. Um, really, what, what was that founding story?
2: Well, I wasn't there, so I know it sort of secondhand, but my understanding is that um, Chris Wall, who who was the founder of the program, uh, was at the time, so this would have been in the very late 90s, was running Georgetown's uh, certificate program in organization development and uh, had been doing it, I guess, for some time and was ready to move on to something new. And my understanding, at least at a very high level, was that she sat down with the dean to talk about her interest in moving on i guess there had been some talk about who might succeed her in running the od program and the dean's reaction was well what is um drawing your attention these days you know f- to to what would you be uh going after this and and chris had had developed increasing appreciation of the fact that so much of the work that she was doing with her clients and many of her colleagues were doing was in this, at that point, very new profession called coaching, and that was her answer. And uh, my understanding is the, the dean said, well, why don't you design a coaching program for us? <laughs> so so Chris took that on and reached out to um, a very talented small group of coaches um, intentionally chosen for their uh, I'll just call it lack of ego (laughs) around their approach to their work. So she brought together this small team of people who turned out to be extraordinarily generous in their willingness to provide ideas and actual content curriculum in the construction of a program that is what became our Leadership Coaching Certificate Program. So the really key element, I think, was in her very careful selection of um, of this spirit of generosity amongst the, the small group of founders that came together to design this thing. And that that spirit has sustained itself over the years. So we have a just an extraordinarily remarkable faculty, in my opinion. And um, one of the hallmarks of that faculty is this, uh, you know, kind of lack of ego around the material. Does that make sense?
1: Very much so. You mentioned that um, Chris Wall and and the former dean had really sat down to talk about this, and you cited the late 90s. So here we are, 2015, we're talking 15, 16 years later, and and I know that we just kicked off cohort 45, which is Mm -hmm. just amazing. Um, What do you think makes the program so successful?
2: Well, again, it's it's a combination of factors. So clearly, there's a remarkable curriculum which has been uh, you know kind of a living uh, document I'll call it over the years that has that has evolved to anticipate sort of the needs of the profession in this remarkable kind of organic way um, so the you know the the content of the program is in my opinion like spot on um, the faculty, as I mentioned a few moments ago, is this um, a- a amazing collection of practitioners who happen also to be marvelous educators. <laughs> so um, Chris and then her successors have um, always been extremely, extremely focused on bringing just the right people into this program, and as a result has created this community uh, of of faculty members who just are second at none. And then the other key element that comes to my mind, and there may be additional ones as well, is um, the care and thoughtfulness that goes into the admissions process. So the people in the room, of course, are as important an element of the learning that takes place in this program as are, you know, the folks that happen to be standing in the front of the room. And we attract this am- amazingly diverse group of uh, people interested in acquiring coaching skills that come from, uh, uh, you know, pretty much every background under the sun <laughs> and um, create this, this, uh, this learning cohort that strengthens itself through the whole experience. So that's another big piece of it, I think.
1: Right. So what I'm hearing you say, and you mentioned that there could be many factors, but, but three key ones would be the, the living curriculum, and I love that answer. It, it, it is truly living. I mean, it's, it's evolved over time and, and remains at the, at the leading edge of the coaching industry. Uh, you cited our faculty as, as being um, ego less. Um, and yeah. really willing to to invest in the the student experience, and and finally that admissions process, um, which actually is a great a great segue. We have about three minutes before our, our first break, um, but I wanted to take the time to ask uh, who you who you view to be that ideal student in terms of the admissions process. I, I know it to be a lot more competitive than than it's been previously. It's it's um, over the years of the program growing in in. Uh, popularity; it also means that the program is more competitive. So, I'm curious to hear who you would paint as the ideal student in our program.
2: Yes, it absolutely has got um, significantly more competitive, I believe, over the years. I, you know, lots of lots of folks on the faculty who came through the program, like myself, you know, like to say, I'm not sure that I would be admitted today, if, <laughs> on the basis of the. qualifications that I offered when I uh, went through the program back then. Um, So, you know, there are some uh, sort of minimum criteria that people have to meet. We look for, for example, a combination of a minimum of five years of leadership experience of one sort or another, or, and sometimes it's and, or, a minimum of five years of experience in HR or organization development work or or coaching experience. Frankly, people come into the program with some degree or other of coaching experience from time to time. It's not by any means the majority of people in the room, but but we do get people with coaching experience. So there is that in the way of just sort of um, entrance criteria, I guess I call it. Um, but what we're looking for are people who demonstrate through the application, which is heavily uh, focused on a series of essay questions, um who demonstrate uh, a significant degree of um, self-awareness who 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 are reflective about themselves, and where there is some evidence that comes through in in what they've written. Of there being uh, experiencing some sort of a shift or transformation, or maybe recognizing that there is some kind of a shift coming for them, so something about being on a developmental journey, mm. something something deeper going on, and I think that's what grabs our attention when we're looking at building a cohort.
1: That's great. And actually, it's a, it's a very good segue. Um, I do want to spend a little time in our next segment talking a little more about what that experience in the program is actually like. So thank you for that, Steve, and we'll hear more about it after the break. You're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, and I'm Lynn Levis filling in for Kate Ebner. I'm speaking today with Steve, and we'll be right back. <music>
0: bonds investment opportunities financial news and talk we can help call us now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 voice america business network founded in 2012 the institute for transformational leadership itl is an international center for inquiry experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education master courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. Have you become a member yet? Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, Produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to ITLPrograms at Georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner.
1: Welcome back to Inside Transformational Leadership. I'm Lynn Levis, guest hosting today for Kate Ebner. Our guest is Steve Heller, director of Georgetown University's Certificate in Leadership Coaching program. I'm so happy to have Steve here today to talk about our world-renowned program that's been training coaches for nearly 16 years. Steve, as you know, in my in my role as the program director of the Institute, I speak with uh, prospective students all the time, so I'm really eager to use some time in this segment to actually ask you some of the very questions I get all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. I wanted to start with um, a, a request that you explain to our audience a little bit about sort of what we call what happens in the program. So what's the format, the structure and and really what do we teach?
2: Uh well that's a big topic. So let me start with um kind of the structure of the program. So it's a it's a cohort-based program meaning that um the the group of students uh in the program attend each of six classes together. It so it, it um generally runs over a course of six months of the year. Sometimes it's seven, depending on how the calendar works out. And there are 32 students in a cohort, at the moment at least, that's our standard size. So those 32 people stay together throughout the entirety of the program. Um, each month consists of uh, three days uh, in person here in Washington, D.C. I guess in one, in one case it's four days, um, but typically a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And um, one half of one of those days is spent in a smaller group, which we call a learning circle, a group of five or six students that again stays intact throughout the entirety of the program. And each of those uh, learning circles has a faculty member called a learning circle advisor that, uh, that works with them throughout the program in that small group setting. So, um, so six months, three or four days a month, in person, in class, in DC, and, um, and then lots of homework in between. <laughs> so uh, plenty of reading, a little bit of writing. There's generally a paper after each class, a sh- short paper. And, um, and then the central uh, element of the program in which uh, the real learning about you know, sort of the skills practice is in a practicum, where each student be, student beginning uh, after class three will be working with um, three clients on a pro-bono basis and coaching them for a minimum of 10 hours, each client, for the re- remainder of the program. So from that point forward, there are, there are uh, meetings with that Learning Circle advisor to discuss the, the, the work that's going on in each of these coaching engagements that the student uh, has undertaken as part of that practicum. Uh, let's see, at the conclusion of those six months, then there's a, kind of a final paper and there's a final recording of a coaching session that gets assessed. I think those are the primary elements.
1: Mm-hmm. I wondered if you might uh, outline for us the, the fundamentals of, of the curriculum. What are the key skills that our, that our coaches here at Georgetown come away with?
2: Hmm. Let's see. What would I point to as the key skills? I mean, you know, there, the the challenge that a lot of people coming into this work are faced with, uh, turn out to be faced with is letting go of the need to problem solve. So I would maintain that in our culture, um, most of us come from experiences where we are rewarded for being the problem solver, being the person with the answer. So, a great deal of the focus of this program is in sort of letting go of that um habit and developing curiosity. in my view, coaching fundamentally is at its most successful when the coach approaches the conversations from a from the standpoint of curiosity so I'm not sure if that's the kind of answer you were looking for, but I would say that there's this there's this overriding sort of focus throughout the experience of the program on cultivating that skill of staying in curiosity. So, Surely. you know, there there are all sorts of concrete skills that one acquires around, um, having a coaching conversation. There are all sorts of tools and frameworks and methodologies that inform the way in which the coach is responding to what shows up in the, in the conversation, mm-hmm. um, but I would say it's, you know, fundamentally about learning to be in a different kind of conversation from what we are used to having.
1: Right. And we are so used to having those types of conversations, right? I mean, your example is such a good one. We, in the world of work, we are, are rewarded for being able to, to, quote, unquote, fix, right? Yes. Just to be able to fix something. And that's, right. not, the, that's not the approach of, of a coach at all. Um, it it makes me wonder i mean can can anyone can anyone learn to coach is there a is there a, um a barrier so to speak for for someone to learn these types of skills especially if you've you've been in a in a problem solving role you've been an expert in, at your skills or in your industry for for many years developing a a sense of curiosity as you'd said and being able to have a different kind of conversation i mean can anyone learn to do that
2: um that's a lovely question i'm not sure that I know the answer to that, I guess my personal instinct is um, to believe it possible, um although it's certainly a great deal more difficult for some than for others. Um, you know it's that willingness to let go of knowing the answer. I often say that you know when i'm when I'm coaching, the greatest thrill for me is when the coaching conversation takes us to a place that neither my client nor I saw coming, right, when we're both surprised wow. at where we get to. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, the the willingness to embrace that possibility, I guess, varies from person to person. And uh, but I, I don't know, I like to think that if, you know, if you enter into this work with a real dedication to learning a new way of being in conversation for the sake of assisting people in their own growth and development, um, you know, that these are teachable skills and, and skills that can be practiced.
1: Right. Well, I love you citing the, the willingness to let go. Um, I hadn't mentioned yet, but I I am a graduate of the program. As you know, I was in cohort 38 Mm -hmm. and the program for me was truly a journey. And I'm, I love that you mentioned the willingness to let go because for me that was, that was a lot of what my experience was about coming in with an idea about uh, who I was or what my job was or what my work was and, and being willing to let go and be curious about what the future would hold. Um, so I'm wondering if you might want to talk a little bit about what you think surprises people the most when they're on that journey. I mean, you had cited that the, the best moments of your of your coaching experiences are when you and, and your client together will surprise at what's happened. And I'm sure in your experience teaching and co-directing the program, you've had that experience as well. So what is, what is it that you think surprises students when they're on that journey through the program?
2: Well... Maybe it's the maybe the surprise comes from the from the recognition that I don't have to be the one dispensing wisdom in this conversation I don't have to be the one with the answers, and I can um, add tremendous value even though I'm not the one dispensing the wisdom. <laughs> Does that make sense i think I think it's a it's a big leap to acknowledge that i can be adding tremendous value um to this other individual through means that don't look like solving problems for them finding answers for them guiding advising directing mm. that that the power actually comes from the degree to which i show up with that curiosity that i was talking about and the degree to which I, I uh, am willing to let go of that need to to be the the one who solves the problem. So I often say to new clients, you know, the, the, the wisdom isn't going to come from me. It's going to come from you. And my job is to help you find that perspective, that stance, that new set of eyes that opens up new ideas for you. But it, they come from you, not from me.
1: That's great. I mean, adding value. You, you mentioned adding value for the client in a, in a way that isn't problem solving. I think we so we are so used to as professionals, we are so used to providing value in our expertise via our solutions. Right. So I can see that that the experience of adding value by simply being a being a person who asks the right questions really does end up being the, the the thing that can surprise our students the most. I mean, would you agree? I I do think so.
2: And you know, there's an element of this work that's that's about bearing witness. You know, I I would maintain that most of us don't feel like we are generally listened to as much as we might like. <laughs> and there's mm. something about just having that relationship with someone who who brings no judgment to the conversation. And has no agenda other than supporting my own growth and development that's really really powerful right. and and that's a big leap for people to you know to to really embody
1: it sounds like a really personal experience for the student as a i mean for lack of a better word as a client right so that the the student receiving the coaching in addition to learning the coaching skills is there a is there um a benefit to to that approach? I mean, as experiencing it as the client at the same time that they're learning to do the coaching skills, is that intentional?
2: Yes, I think it is intentional. So I think you can look at the whole program as, in a sense, um, capturing the experience of being in a coaching relationship. So in a sense, the program is asking you to look inside, as we might be asking of a coaching client, you know, for the answers. Mm. Um, so, in a sense, the experience of the program kind of models the experience of being in a coaching relationship as the client. So, I think you make a really great point about that. Right. And I think it is by design. I, I mean, I, I always credit. I think Chris and the other members of the faculty who who designed this upfront. I remember going through the program and describing it to my friends as. Just the most, most brilliantly designed curriculum, in the sense that things just sort of show up just when I need them in terms of my own learning. Like <laughs> everything everything builds on what comes before, and sometimes it doesn't make quite a lot of sense to me in, in the moment as what's coming at me now. But soon I realize how that just perfectly, um, you know, sort of embodies everything that 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 came before and builds it and takes it to the next step, and and I. I personally experienced that throughout the entirety of the program that um it was just sort of naturally organically pulling me along and mm-hmm. getting me you know getting me more and more comfortable with using these skills and and letting go of you know the need to be right and letting go of uh you know am I doing it right and you know that all of that that measurement of oneself
1: Sure. that many
2: of us uh succumb to.
1: Well, you cited that your experience in in that and and I have the same one of course in mine and it now it now explains why when I went through the program my own uh instructors and, and co-directors often said just just trust the process. It's mm-hmm. it's built in a way that that will um that will ensure that your experience, step by step, leads to something that culminates in a way that's really special. And it's it's funny because I I I, I want to I want to revisit what you'd said and 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 say that I had a similar experience early on. I I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't clear where perhaps some of those um, the, the direction maybe of of the program and some of it felt unsure. And, and ultimately, by the end, it became so crystal clear why everything was built together the way that it was.
2: Yeah. I do think it's, it's just marvelously designed. And that's not to say that it hasn't changed over these 15 or 16 years,
1: because mm-hmm. it certainly has,
2: in, in, in fact, in some very important ways. But, um, but that element of, you know, sort of the careful consideration of, of the step-by-step process of acquiring new ways of, you know, new ways of being in conversation at the very least, if not right. new ways of being.
1: Right. Well, I would love to, to switch gears quickly before our next break, Steve, and, and get your opinion a little on the on the demand. I mean, the demand for coaching and certainly coach training as evidenced by how competitive our program has become, this demand is really growing. I mean, what, what, what has made the demand for both coaching and, and coach training grow so much in recent years? Well, I...
2: I guess I could answer it in in, in two different ways. So on, on the one hand, I, I think there's just been a, a natural growing appreciation of the value of this work that, that comes as more and more uh, people in organizations are exposed to it and see the impact that it can have. So that's just a very natural organic thing that has to do with any new intervention um, being experienced by more and more people, I think on the other hand, I would say there is also it's also the case that um, that that the world is becoming an increasingly complex place and what's required of people in positions of leadership um, today is is you know considerably more demanding than was the case you know even twenty five years ago. and I think that complexity brings with it a need for new kinds of support and new kinds of approaches to developing that leadership and I think coaching has emerged as one very powerful answer to how do we support and develop leaders in a world as complex as ours is today.
1: That's great. And actually it's a that's a very good segue. You're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership and I'm Lynn Levis filling in for Kate Ebner. I'm speaking today with Steve and we'll be right back.
0: Markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. Founded in 2012, the Institute for Transformational Leadership, ITL, is an international center for inquiry experiential education, and research about leadership in the 21st century. Our mission is to develop worldwide communities of transformational leaders and leadership coaches who are dedicated to engaging and providing the leadership needed for a more sustainable and compassionate future. We currently offer two cohort-based certificate programs, the ICF Accredited Certificate in Leadership Coaching and the Executive Certificate in Transformational Leadership. We also offer a range of ICF-certified advanced coach education master courses for experienced leadership coaches. For more information about our programs and how to apply, visit scs.georgetown.edu ITL. Email ITLprograms at georgetown.edu or call 202-687-7000. You are listening to Inside Transformational Leadership, produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please send an email to itlprograms at georgetown.edu. Here again is your host, Kate Ebner.
1: Once again, you're listening to Inside Transformational Leadership. I'm guest host Lynn Levis, and I've been talking with Steve Heller about Georgetown University's Certificate in Leadership Coaching Program. Steve has spent this hour painting a great picture for us of, of the program, including its genesis and, and its growth and really what it's like for those who participate. So I'd like to close our time together today asking Steve to share more about what happens sort of behind the scenes. Um, so Steve, let's, let's talk about one of the things that makes our program so successful, and it's that it remains at the really the leading edge of the coaching industry. How do you and the and the faculty team work to to maintain that that edge?
2: Uh, I think it's magic. Actually, <laughs> I'm not sure that we have a process for doing so. But it's it's remarkable to me how over the years the program has sort of anticipated the needs of of the coaching profession, and frankly, I think just the needs of um, of leadership um, on our planet. Um, so it 's something I, I think about a lot and um, and as far as I can tell it's always happened in kind of a, uh, an organic way. so for example, um, many years ago now, when team coaching was in its absolute infancy, uh, Chris recognized an opportunity to, to enhance our program by giving our students a taste of a particular approach to doing work with teams, coaching work with teams. So, not, not facilitation or team building, but actually coaching of an intact team. And so that, that was added to the curriculum fairly early on. Um, a more recent add, it was certainly added after I went through the program in 2005, is a whole module on the, uh, a field called the Stages of Adult Development, or Adult Development Theory. And it's, uh, again, at the point at which it was introduced into our program, uh, it was just coming into the consciousness of the coaching profession. And frankly, I'm still not aware of of any other programs, I certainly could be wrong about this, but that include uh, a module on adult development theory as part of the coach training program. Um, So... I, it happens kind of organically by virtue of having the kind of world-class faculty that we do, and who are out there as practitioners, and therefore encountering the needs of the marketplace and staying current on on you know the various um, disciplines that that feed the profession, and then bringing that uh, in house. So from time to time, we are making tweaks to the to the curriculum. In response to what our faculty is recognizing as the the leading edge, as you called it,
1: right. And I'm I'm happy that in your mentioning of that, you touch base on one of the things that I know to make our program. I know to be one of the things that makes our program so successful, and and it's the faculty. I mean, we really have a, a core group of I'd oh, say probably around 50 instructors and and co-directors and. And learning circle advisors, who come together to create this experience for our students. So, tell, tell me a little bit more about the the people who who make up that faculty group.
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, every single one of them is, of course, a practitioner, and they're some of the you know most highly regarded practitioners out there. They come uh, largely from the Washington D.C. area, but we have uh, quite a number of faculty members that come from out of town. They are. They are um, bound, I guess, by uh, a universal characteristic, which is every single one of our faculty members, in my opinion, is absolutely dedicated towards the growth of this profession and to giving back in the form of training to the profession that has provided them with the kind of fulfillment that they get from the work. So it's an extraordinarily dedicated faculty relative to their commitment to the students, um, and I think that's what makes it unique. You know, when I, when I, um, at the beginning of this calendar year, when I stepped into this role, I set about to have a conversation with each one of those, I think there were 49 on my list, <laughs> each member mm-hmm. of our faculty. And I ended up in, uh, you know, a number of, well, I ended up in 49, I actually, I think, got to everybody. Really, really fascinating conversations um, over the space of several months, and what what emerged, among many other things, but what emerged as this as a, a really loud common theme across those discussions was the um, the commitment to the program, to the students, and to the rest of the faculty members. It's a very, very um, tightly bound and supportive community that has been created over the years amongst these practitioners. So I think that's what sets them apart. And they come from all different backgrounds and you know, at, at this point in time there are quite a few who are themselves graduates of the program like I am, um, but plenty of folks uh, trained in other disciplines and I think that's what makes the experience so rich as we have so many different perspectives.
1: Right. It's a richness I think that the students experience because many of the instructors uh, bring bring such such different perspectives. I'm thinking of you in particular, Steve, as, as you've been a student in the program and um, a, a co-director, an instructor, and, and held other roles as it relates to the, the faculty side of, of the program. And so I have a, a big question for you, and it's that in those roles, if you could roll them all into one, uh, what is it that you've learned? I mean, what really have you learned from Experiencing so many different sides of our program.
2: Well, you know, I learn every time I step into that building. <laughs> so, what I probably, what would have been my immediate answer a few years ago, and it's, it is still true. I just don't know that it's, that it's uh, my only answer any longer. But what I said for many years was that the. The role of serving as uh, on the faculty of this program, particularly those roles that involve observing students coaching and observing people coaching with an eye towards giving them some sort of constructive feedback, that that uh, experience to me is um, from a very selfish point of view, it it's probably the single greatest contributor to my own growth as a coach. So what I'm saying is my, my coaching improves each time I'm in a position of observing other people and, and trying to, uh, you know, sort of pay attention to the coaching so that I could give some useful feedback. That process has improved my own coaching, um, immeasurably over the years. Um, but I think it's also become sort of, uh, much broader for me. So there is a, there is just, uh, an enrichment to my, my life satisfaction, I guess I'll call it, that has come from being a part of this community and being a part of what takes place in that classroom and and beyond as people go through the program. Um, I remember uh, there used to be lots of conversation. There probably still is lots of conversation among the faculty about how this program, the experience of the program, is transformational for the students. And uh, early in in my career on the faculty, my reaction to that was, well, it's at least transformational for some people who go through the program. I'm not convinced it's transformational for every one of them. And there was a moment a couple of summers ago when I was serving as what we call a co-director that stays with the students from start to finish. And it was the final day of the final class of this particular cohort and we had finished setting up the room early enough that I had time to just sit and relax and kind of get centered and get ready for the class to begin. So I was sitting in the back of this room as the students arrived for the day. And it struck me about halfway through the filling up of the room that indeed every single person walking through that door seemed quite different to me than they had seen six months prior when we started. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, they're right. It actually is a transformational experience in one way or another for everyone. It's really powerful to be part of that.
1: I love that. You you talked about the, the impact that the program has on the students as they transform from, from Class 1 to, to Class 6, but can we talk a little about the impact that this program then has on organizations as, as uh, the students then go back out? to either their coaching practice or perhaps their their back to their own companies their their own organizations what is the impact that our program then has out in the world
2: well i mean i think that's the that's the essence of it i mean i think that's actually at the foundation of what draws our faculty to want to be a part of this faculty and draws people to the program is that this is this is a profession that is you know by it's very design, one that has impact um in a kind of um, in in a in a multiplier sort of way i I used to work for a guy back in my first career who was a former navy uh man, and he used this military term a force multiplier you know so you have someone who comes through this program and is impacted by it personally. In addition to acquiring the skill that they acquire, they go back out into the world and impact, you know, untold numbers of the people that, that they work with or, and not necessarily even uh, limited to the people that they might coach, but just the people who interact with them. You hear story after story about the reaction that students get from their coworkers or from their supervisors about what, what happened to you? You're different. <laughs> In a, you know, you know. In, in some really powerful and positive ways. So there absolutely, I believe, is this tremendous force multiplier effect. And if you think about the at this point, I don't know you probably know the number better than I, but it's I'm sure, I'm sure it's over a thousand people that have been through this program.
1: That's right. Nearly fourteen hundred at, at this point. Nearly fourteen hundred already. And
2: you know, and and the number of lives that have been touched by those people as they go as they go out back out into the world and the number of lives that those people touch, et cetera, et cetera, you know. So absolutely, I think that's, you know, (laughs) not to be too uh, overly dramatic about it, but this is a force for good in the
0: world.
1: I agree completely. And it it draws to mind the uh, image that we sometimes still and used to use to explain our program, that that water drop, you know, the the ripple effect effect of our program out in the world. I think that's just such a... A, a beautiful way to sum up our program, Steve, and I, I know we're getting close to the end of our time, so there is something that I, I want to make sure we share. Um, with just a few minutes left before we're done, can you um, tell us a little bit more about how people can learn more about the program? You know, if they're interested in, in applying or they want to, to talk to someone uh, about it, how can they take that next step?
2: Well, I mean, the obvious first stop is is the website for the School of Continuing Studies where you'll find, and you can probably spout the URL more quickly than I can, but <laughs> uh, our website is a tremendous source of information about the program. And I actually would encourage people who are interested in considering the program, and I spend a lot of time doing this, to just reach out and contact us and, and have a conversation about it. So, you know, this is a profession that's built on conversations, and what better way to start exploring it than through a conversation with someone who's Who's involved in the program, so the mechanics of that, I guess, probably are, are accessible through the website, but get in touch with me, get in touch with Lynn, <laughs> and uh, we like nothing more than to have conversations with people who are curious about this work.
1: Definitely. And I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and spout off that website at your request, Steve, it's <laughs> okay. scs.georgetown.edu. Slash ITL as an in Institute for transformational leadership um, Steve this has been just such a great hour I, I really enjoyed uh, talking with you and, and having you on the, the show today um, I thank you for your time and I'm, I'm really excited about the, the future of the, the leadership coaching program thank you again
2: Thank you Lynn it's been it's been a delight
1: and have a great week everyone we hope you'll join us next week
0: Thank you for joining us this week on Inside Transformational Leadership. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Kate Ebner, next Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our programs, please visit scs.georgetown.edu forward slash ITL. We'll talk again next week.